Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a semi-final episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me again, former high school football coach Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for stopping in and, and chatting some football. Yeah, happy playoff season, right? Yeah. Uh, we're recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, the show will be available Wednesday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Uh, before we get started, I also want to remind everyone that if you haven't already, now is a great time to pre-order your 2018 football yearbook. Uh, this will be the third year that we've taken all of our football coverage at nh-highschoolsports.com and put it into a full-color magazine. All the stories and photos that have been on the site this season will be in a 60-plus page publication that can be yours for just $59. To pre-order, go to nh-highschoolsports.com, click on the tab at the top of the page that says 2018 yearbook, and fill out your information. All right. Now that that's out of the way, yeah. uh, let's talk some football. Um, yeah. Playoffs are here. Um, you know, uh, what, six, no, 12 games, uh, 12, 14 games, somewhere in there. I, I'm not that good with math. No, um, that's not my strong suit. Yeah, a bunch of games this weekend yep. that, um, of course... You know, do-or-die playoff games. Um, and I think, uh, you know, a few surprises here or there, some upsets that maybe weren't some upsets, and upsets only in, in seeding only. Yeah. Um, and then, a, you know, a surprise here and there I thought was a, a largely a great weekend. It was a crazy weekend between the weather and some of the reschedulings and um, how incredibly – and some of the rematches that took place, right? We had uh, we had a lot of that last week of the season being rematched in the uh, in the – in the first round of the playoffs, so it was a it was a kind of a really uh, it had a weird feel to it for a quarterfinal week, but um, I think I think some of the winners were teams with turf fields, uh, yep. obviously. <laughs> uh, losers would be teams with grass fields and the pair of shoes that I wore uh, on Saturday because yeah. those are those are pretty much trashed. Trash after I uh, I got to m you know muck through the sideline at at Londonderry uh, for that Pinkerton Londonderry game, um, you know just absolutely disgusting, but. Man, was it fun to watch! Yeah. Um, great photos from a game like that, and, and, and like I think crazy weather—just raining one minute, then the sun's out while it's raining, and then it's cold. Like yeah. it got really cold, windy and, windy. and cold, yeah. and the wind really affected the game and the games in the second half. From what I, you know, what I saw, I, I, I got to see a couple games myself. Um, rain in the first half, wind in the second half really weird but fun for a spectator yeah. I'm oh sure yeah some of the players didn't have as much fun as they thought but yeah so they they won game uh you were at um not very much scoring out there no. at the north merrimack um and i i did get a text message from someone uh the other day that was like how the hell did nobody score like what was going on well, all my answer was just elements. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it was a it was a really great. First of all, it was a great defensive game, but the Merrimack field really took a beating. I mean, I would say uh, from the highway side, from the thirty yard line all the way to the scoreboard side to about the forty was just trashed. And just because most of the game ended up getting played in that swamp, so there was very little ability for either team to use their speed. So, Eichmann, Harris would like all those guys ended up more being inside the tackles than 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 not um there were a lot of punts i think at one point uh, start the second half there were four punts in a row because of course you had just a seven to nine minute deluge oh right yeah before yeah. halftime it was just wind and 
you know, sideways rain, and then that cleared out, and the sun came out, and the birds were chirping. We, we got that literally in Londonderry. We got that ten minutes before kickoff, into probably about five minutes into the game. Yeah, and it was like, what what is going on? Like it's just been, enough. Yeah. you know. So so yeah, it was a it was a really great defensive battle, but it was it was really a tale, I think, of the of the two superstars for both teams. Not that it wasn't a team win, because especially, I just said the defenses shined in that game. Defense is such a team game that that really both defenses performed well. But you know, I think I think um, Harris for North had almost thirty carries. He was playing quarterback as he's been the last couple weeks, but a lot of it was direct snap, power game. Um, up the middle with him, very little throwing. Um, I mean, for the most part, when they tried to throw, they threw a screen at one point where it started out heading towards the receiver and it ended up maybe seven yards. I think I yeah, him. I think I heard about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, really windy. And then on the other side of the of the board was um, Merrimax Eichmann, who had another big game. Uh, but again, no outside rushing. Really. Right. Yep. It was all inside, all tough yardage. Um, and then Ben Eichmann, kind of the, the superstar of the overtime there, right? Yeah, I think I tweeted at one point. I said, all you need to know about the game is Ben Eichmann's overtime statistics, which was a blocked field goal attempt because Nashua got the, the ball on the, on the, right, the, the, the ten, top of ten, the inning, yeah, essentially, yeah. right? And, and, and uh, you know, attempted a field goal. So Eichmann came in from the right side, blocked the field goal. Uh, first down, had a six-yard carry down to the four. I think... Um, Dowling pulled the ball on second down and, and maybe got a yard, and then he carried the ball. Uh, Eichmann carried the ball on third down. So um, it was like, you know, two rushes for 10 yards and a, and a touchdown and a block field goal in the overtime. I don't know the rest of the stats. Those are the only ones that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> that was I it. don't know if anybody <laughs> wanted to keep stats from the rest of that game. That game, yeah. you might want to might want to burn the rest of it. Yeah, after that. unless you're a defensive yeah. player, you can oh, say, "Oh, yeah, this one guy yeah. had 17 tackles, probably." But um, and of course, Merrimack will now be playing at Bedford. Yep. Um, Bedford, a 41-14 winner over Gosstown, uh, in a game that um, kind of surprised some people early on, at least, right? Um, Gosstown coming out in. Uh, you know, under center with that kind of a what power formation? Yeah, they they switched over to what uh, w w the double wing, which is an offense that when I was at Sauhegan, we used to face that three times a year and talk about being black and blue at the end of the season. But Wyndham still runs it. Uh, Trinity ran it back then under Steve Burns, and then um, Pelham also ran it. Yeah. And so it's it's really a power gap blocking, pull a bunch of linemen through a hole and including your quarterback, by the way. The quarterback tosses the ball and leads and runs with leads him. Yeah. the play, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think um, it sounded like Coach Huff's rationale for that was, hey, you know what? Bedford is as good as anybody in terms of defending spread offenses. They themselves are a spread. You know, we've seen the results of other of other spread teams trying to, trying to move the ball against Bedford. So we got to try something different. It's, it's do or die. And I got to tell you, I kind of like the idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it didn't work out obviously, um, but they had some success early on. I, I wonder specifically why they opted to go with that offense. Like, is there something in what they normally run? Because I, I remember, remember talking to um, you know when when Mike Bellevue was at Sauhegan, yep. they would all sometimes go from the spread to the T. The yep. um, Nashua North with when Jason Roby was there would do the same thing sometimes. And they both told me that the the reason for doing that was because it was basically the same 
you know, the basics. The where the, where this, the everything same, yeah. was the same. It's just where you are on the field. Yeah. I wonder if, if does, you know, Coach Huff's offense translate to that better? Or, I, I or did he really just break this out on the kids, like, no, no, I in a week? Coach Huff's, the, the Gosstown probably two major plays that they run are, are, are what you call gap blocking, which is everybody on the play side sort of blocks down. And then you have you have to kick out a guy if you're going to do that. You're washing everybody down, kicking a guy out, and then you're usually leading through. Or in in, in Gosstown's case, they're reading that guy out of the shotgun that you might otherwise kick out. It's the same principles with that double wing offense that they ran. They block down, and instead of reading a guy, they kick him with okay. a fullback, and then they they pull a bunch of backside linemen through. So it's a very similar to like what he would call power read or a counter play maybe that they would run. So probably didn't have to do too much teaching on the line. It was probably just a little, little bit of backfield teaching yeah. in terms of the quarterback. And just where, and where you are on the field yeah. instead of being out, you know, ends being out on the right. numbers, they're in close. Right. Know? And yeah. and that's that's a tricky coaching thing to do is sell your guys that, hey, I know it looks completely different, but quite honestly, the principles are the same. Um, and like I said, they had some success early, it looked like, but. I mean, I, I, they, you know, there wasn't much they could do defensively to slow down. Bedford's offense, no. um, and I, I mean that's going to be the case for, I think anyone else from here on out. Uh, obviously, Merrimack this week yeah. is going to have to figure out how to you know slow down uh, Ryan Toscano, yeah. uh, Thomas Morgan. Um, just they're, I, I think. I've seen Ryan Toscano a couple times now, and I and I, I, I saw him against Merrimack, uh, and I've seen I saw the Bedford, um, Goffstown. Fell. I mean, I'm not sure there there's a better player in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so much gets made of offensive stats and touchdowns and all that stuff. He's a beast he, on he defense, is, too. He's just I as mean, good defensively, he's yeah. He's incredible on defense. I watch him play. I think he's an outside backer, maybe like a rolled-down safety for them. And even even when he's not near the play, right, if he drops out in coverage and they throw underneath, he, he closes so fast and with a great angle. He makes sure tackles. He's obviously a great runner. Um, you know, he what did he have here? He had uh, – you know, just short of 100 yards on 11 carries and two rushing touchdowns this weekend. I mean, he's the real deal. Merrimack's going to have to figure out how to stop him. I feel like when I've – the game Bedford games I've been at this year, I, I mean, I am I am guilty when I'm taking photos of not really paying attention to anything that other than what's – where the ball is because yeah. that's what you're trying to get a picture of. Um, a lot of times I feel like I've gone – and when Bedford's been on defense, I'm editing a photo of a kid with the ball, and I, and who's making the play Yeah, is – Number Ryan is, is in always there. Yeah. in there somewhere, yeah. right? Um, you know, I, I obviously these two teams met the last game of the regular season. Um, Bedford showed up, Merrimack didn't. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that, I don't know how else to. Uh, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, how it, how can this week be any different? Well, I you know I don't know I. I would say that Merrimack probably wants to do something similar that. What Goffstown, and I don't mean running an off a different offense or something, but I, but you can't give the ball back to Bedford. You can't have the first quarter um, sort of growing pains that Merrimack has consistently had this season. You know, Merrimack has kind of made mistakes and, and committed turnovers in the first quarter, um, going all the way back to the Central game. But but it's been a theme. I mean, if they can come out and have all those jitters ironed out and play keep away from Bedford and. You know, what I, what I saw when Merrimack played uh, Bedford the first time was just a lot of defensive mistakes in terms of angles and, you know, the, 
they'd, they'd flip a screen out to a kid. Uh, by the way, the Bedford slot receivers are really good too, but they'd flip a screen out to one of those slot receivers, a little bubble or a swing pass, and you know he'd take it 35 yards for a touchdown yeah. because one kid was out of position on the Merrimack defense. So they're going to have to play very, very disciplined, you know, like angles and fits on defense, and they're going to have to keep the ball away from 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 Bedford, quite frankly. Maybe instead of warming up, they should run like a, an inner squad scrimmage <laughs> <laughs> on their half of the field for that the warm-ups, uh, just to kind of get them in that... Uh, Unified Nashua used yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah? Under Hardy. <laughs> under Bill Hardy. We'd, you'd be watching them, and you'd be there scouting, and be like, they're down there running 11-on-11 11 11 during warm-ups. Like, and I mean, they'd be they'd bang. So, <laughs> I don't know, you know... <laughs> uh, that for some reason doesn't surprise me. No, uh, so but I understand your point. They've got to shake the butterflies out. Yeah, I mean, why? Bedford's I mean, got a lot of talent. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, you know, on the other side, uh, the game I was at Saturday, as I mentioned, Pinkerton Londonderry, a little bit of um, history being made, I guess, in a sense that you know Pinkerton coming in as the four seed, first time since the NHIA went to this playoff format in Division One. Uh, in 2015, first time at a, a four seed has beaten a one seed. Yeah, you know, not we're not talking, you know, 20 years worth no, of history, no, or whatever. But, but you know, still the, f the and the first time with Salem going out and knocking off Winnicott, the first time that a three seed will be hosting a four seed right. in a semifinal game uh, in this format. Um, and you know, interesting thing that I was kind of thinking of as we were talking here, you talked about Merrimack's field being destroyed. Londonderry's field was destroyed. Yeah. Um, neither one has to get used this week. You've got Bedford, Bedford's turf field. Yeah. Uh, Pinkerton and Salem at Salem, which didn't get used last week because Salem was at Winnicott. Yeah. And I mean, we could keep going down the list. I mean, Plymouth will be hosting a, another game again on their field. I don't know how bad the weather was up there this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, St. Thomas and is playing. Plymouth probably doesn't care. Uh, they probably don't run the ball <laughs> <laughs> straight ahead. <laughs> um, you know, St. Thomas is playing at Portsmouth this week, so they're not on their field. Yep. Uh, Division three, Campbell played at Memorial, yep. so now they'll be at home, weather permitting. Uh, Monadnock is playing again on their field. I don't know how that that one turned out. Yeah. And again, their field turned out. <laughs> they probably don't really. They probably yeah. prefer it to yeah. be sloppy. Yeah. They'll just pound you. So so kind of interesting that um, you know outside of those two games, you know playing on fields that are either turf or that weren't used last week yeah um and it sounds like you saw a great game from oh every, man it all was accounts. it was maybe not I, there, there were the same issues that you you were talking about with with merrimack north no one could go outside right um, really limits your playbook and and that was a big i mean for pinkerton that took out more than half their their plays yeah. like they, you know, wanted to get outside, and they they're a very good team and rushing the to the game, to the that's edges. Where they hurt and that's yeah, that's where the they were able to, to to get them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Londonderry, it took away. You know, they're they're, um, they have three options there. You know, hand the ball off, the quarterback keeps it, or they throw it. Yep. It took away a lot of the uh, throws to the outside. Yeah. Um, you know, runs to the outside too, and um, it took. It took a little while, I think, for both teams to kind of figure that out. Um, you know, Pinkerton, it, it looked early on like, like Londonderry was going to have a bit of an advantage. And then the next thing you know, Pinkerton takes over its, I think, four-yard line and goes on a 96-yard drive and oh, scores. Yeah. Um, you know, they get the ball back, and it looks like they're going to drive again. And then I was kind of surprised they decide to try to kick a field goal into the wind. Yeah kick gets blocked and the wind was vicious. the wind was i mean yeah. it was there was no chance of that kick being good 
if it hadn't been blocked. I, I, I mean, I can't. I don't want to take anything away from any any of any kickers, but I can't picture a, a, a high school kid kicking into that wind, having a strong enough leg to kick into that wind. Yeah. I don't know. Prove me wrong. Yeah. I, um, but then Londonderry took and went down the field and scored right before the end of the half off that the missed field goal. Yeah. Uh, so it was seven seven at halftime, and then the big play was um, another one that affected by the wind. Um, you know, uh, Londonderry's Evan Cormier goes to throw a short pass. You know, in the flat, wind picks up right as he's letting go of the ball. The ball hangs up. Pinkerton's Jake McGinnis is right there, picks it off, and runs it back yeah. for a touchdown. That was a nice story, by the way, on McGinnis. Uh, thank you. Thank so. you. <laughs> <laughs> a little plug there. Yeah. But no, yeah. it was. It was a nice Did story. Did have a little, a little closer look at that play uh, up at nh-highschoolsports.com uh, on Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, it was – I mean, it, it – it, it was one of those that felt like it was a game changer. Yeah. Um, and Londonderry, I think, deserves a ton of credit for being able to come back, and they scored on the next drive. I mean, I mean, think about that. You know, they they got blown out by Pinkerton earlier in the season. They haven't beaten them in, I don't know, I, maybe some of these kids weren't even born, you know, yeah. the last time they Londonderry beat it Pinkerton. It might have been 2000. Uh, yeah. And, you know, once again, oh, t- bad turnover. Yeah touchdown we're losing they came back and they scored they they went on a long drive got in the end zone tied it up um you know they were in position i think to to win that game and it just they just came up short at the end yeah so yeah it was a phenomenal game not the best played uh for many reasons but worthy of a playoff game yeah yeah and you know you kind of had a feeling it would be a slugfest i mean i i was looking at some of these results and um it, it really trashed my theory from last week that the the team that two good teams team that lost in the regular season has a bit of an advantage because I'm not sure that anybody I'm not sure that anybody that didn't win the regular season game uh, didn't win the playoff game as well so um, <laughs> well you don't have to verify yeah, I don't that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no, sure I want to know uh, yeah now you know I think I think you're correct on that well um, the only one being Division three um, with Stevens upsetting uh, Trinity right right, right was right. the only one yep. Um, yeah, you know, it was a seven nothing. Um, you know, Coach O'Reilly said after the game, he you know this game worried him. Yeah, because they had beaten Londonderry so handedly the first time around. And, and what do you vicious d- rivals? Yeah, that, that's yeah. a whole other layer, right? So yeah. and then this week they get um, you know, they get a team that beat them in the regular season in Salem. So yeah. you know it's a little probably a little bit easier to get the kids ready for this one. And I think that one, I mean. What we were kind of you know discussing before we started today was just it seems like every week it's a different kid that steps up for Salem. Oh my God! Yeah, I had uh, Will Michaud at 223 yards on 20 carries and two touchdowns against a really good Winnicott defense. I mean, I know they've been banged up a little bit and they've been maligned a little bit in the in the last third of the season, but 220 yards against Winnicott's defense uh, is is huge. So. Huge I game for Will. You know, we. I'd, I'd like to see more of him. <laughs> we went. Good. We went into this season saying, "Who is going to replace Josh Sabanda yeah. for for Salem?" <laughs> and it seems like the answer was, just "Who about, isn't?" Just about who, everyone. Who, yeah. yeah. Who, who isn't going to replace well, him? Like we, we said before, then they lost. Um, they lost Josh Maroon early, Maroon early in the, the in the in the jamboree. jamboree. I don't think he played at all this they year. They lost Dom Pacey, it, who was yeah. Uh, really great fullback for them. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just a tough throwback kind of kid that really loosened up the outside for the halfbacks yeah. for them. Um, and just R- Riley Mulvey, on. I think, missed some time yeah. for them, too. Um, 
it's just it's remarkable that that all all these kids that that had been sitting behind you know that group of running backs that they've had the last couple of years yeah just you know really now now's their time yeah yeah I don't Pinkerton's know. going to have their hands full. I don't really know what to expect um, going into this game. I mean, because it was a 15-14 regular season game. The difference was a two-point conversion that Salem got at the end of the first half um, that made it 15-14. Yeah. And then there was no scoring in the second half. I, I think conditions are going to be a little bit better um, this week. I don't think it's supposed to rain. It's going to be in the 40s, last I looked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, if it, if the weather is like that, it probably brings Pinkerton's passing game, that which you know that sounds weird, yeah. um, <laughs> into play. But they are, you know, they, they're they can throw the they ball. Can throw they throw the to, ball. I think. Yeah. Um, they really didn't try to last week. Yeah. Uh, did, oh, they didn't really need to last week. Um, but even Salem has um, Poulin, who's been kind of an understated. Um, asset to them this year you know I mean he's never lighting it up for 200 yards like some of the the spread quarterbacks do but he was a very efficient uh, what do we have him for a 7 of 11 for 79 yards I mean that's a good day in those conditions right yeah um, I mean it just takes one two sometimes really strategically called passing plays that are successful in a, in a in conditions like that to, to, to be good so I, what do they say? They usually say when they s you're setting a line for something, the, the home team automatically gets or is is a three point favorite. I think. Hmm. I, I don't. I mean, maybe one. I'd give I'd yeah. give Salem a one. Well, would, yeah. I I don't know. And I, they're I think both this very similar styled teams. They're both wing T under center teams. They both have great running backs at, at various spots. They both play solid D. Um, and. Uh, who won that? That was a semifinal game last year, wasn't right, it? Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, Pinkerton. Pinkerton came in and upset yep. Salem yep. at home in the semifinals last year. So, yeah, that that's uh, another interesting angle to it. Yep. Uh, let's move to Division Two for a little bit. Yep. Um, I don't know if we really had any surprises there. Um, you know, we thought Sauhegan might be able to go to Bow and and do what they had done the week before. Yeah. They did. Plymouth handles Hanover pretty easily at home. Um, I was surprised Hanover didn't score. Yeah, that that was a little bit surprising to me too. Yeah. Um, St. Thomas has a pretty easy time with John Stark, and then Alvern, Alvern. Um, pulls away from Milford late. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit different than their regular season game that was more back and forth. But yeah, I think the Alvern Milford game was the one that surprised me the most. I actually believed, and this is not to take anything away from Alvern. I just believed that Milford would win that game. I I thought that. You know, because Milford was in control of the of the week nine game, right? Yeah. Uh, until yeah. until Alvern came storming back, and and great credit to Alvern for that. But I I had to wonder, you know, maybe did Milford sort of take their foot off the gas a little bit, and you know, sometimes high school kids, right? But so I was like, all right, so they're not going to make that mistake again, and they'll, you know, if they jump ugly on them fast, it'll it'll be a different kind of game. And um, Coach Jones rarely loses to somebody twice. Right. Um, I mean, unless they're just completely completely uh, outclassed in terms of the, the kids. Uh, so that one did surprise me. I, yeah. I, I thought that Milford I, – I actually thought we'd see Milford moving on. But and Yeah, instead it's um, Congratulations Al to Alvern, Alvern yeah. going to, to St. Thomas. Yep. Um, they played a great game early in the season, St. Thomas winning that one. Yep. And, um, you know, an old uh, old classic Division three matchup of yeah. uh, Sauhegan at Plymouth. 
Yeah, and that's another one of those ones where you talk about like the Pinkerton Londonderry history, where where Londonderry's decisively been yeah. on the other side of it. Um, Sauhegan had a couple of really key wins when they won championships a couple of those years, or maybe it was just the one year where Sean Jellison was a, a junior or a senior. Well, they won, yeah, they won the one year. I think they beat Plymouth in the regular season, but then it was Milford that they ended up, they beat Plymouth right. in the quarter, or in the semifinals, and they beat Milford in the right. final. I, um, I expect that game, though, to be better than last year's quarterfinal game when, when Sauhegan went up there and, and kind of got trounced in the first the first half, and it was kind of over after that. But I, the way they're playing right now, they... They're clicking at just the right time. I mean, I know they were aided by turnovers over in the Bow game in the first quarter, uh, first half, but Bow's not a bad football team, and so he can beat them two weeks in a row convincingly. Yeah, and you know, the big difference this year for Bow, no road playoff games, so maybe yeah. they do need to finish in that bottom half yeah. of the of the uh, top eight there. Yeah. Um, I think it's also uh, I just before we move on, I think it's worth mentioning Owen Brickley. Five touchdowns, 200-something yards rushing, and a 96-yard touchdown run against Hanover. He, his name comes up every week um, when you read the articles or, or see what happened with Plymouth. So it's worth mentioning that's a, that's a monster performance in a playoff game. Yeah, great, uh, great game for them. Um, you know, in Division III, uh, we mentioned the Stevens upset over Trinity. Um, really just kind of... I mean, when you look at that one in depth, it's kind of remarkable, given that Stevens had started the year five and zero, then lost four in a row. Yep. Um, and in that in that four game losing streak was, I think, a, a thirty nine to six loss to Trinity. Yeah. And and you know, it's not like I'm, I'm sure it was cold Saturday night at Gill, but there weren't any you know well, field conditions. No field conditions yeah. should have been good, other than you know the fact that it's Gill. Yeah. Um, you know, not exactly the greatest place to to play a football game right um you know so who knows i mean that's just a remarkable turnaround um you know by stevens um the other you know history making game in the division hillsborough during hopkinton getting its first uh first playoff win so they're undefeated in, in the their playoffs. playoff history yeah. yep uh 21 to 7 win over lebanon uh yeah. that was at exeter yeah yeah, so talk about a they, great yeah, place to yeah. go and be your surrogate field. I mean, Bill Ball Stadium is like a college, small college stadium, a good co- small college stadium. I, I wonder. I, I don't. I don't have any inkling into this or not. But did they? Obviously, weather played some sort of a factor. But I know in the past the NHIA has moved games because fields aren't big enough. Like the like the parking situation isn't great. Yeah. I, I mean, would they have moved that game anyway? Do you think? I don't know. I think that only came into play back before they were going to UNH it was for a championship game I think that there were there are certain field requirements I, I don't know I remember I remember it being discussed the year well the year you remember that that Hollis was in play yeah for a, a semifinal game yeah and and there was talk of that game maybe getting moved if it if it had happened yeah I do remember uh, that now that you say it yeah because you know because there's no there were very little there's no stands there's like no that, parking right? yeah yeah so it could have been I I do know that um the town that they play in owns that that field is on a high school field right and when when we played hillsborough during hopkins in my last year at sauhegan they they had to come yeah to they us came down the town the, yeah made the decision that we don't want our field ruined um so which could have been I mean, that yeah. yeah yeah so it could have been it could have been that it could have been an nhia decision since it's tournament time i'm not sure but boy it worked out i mean and not only was it a, a win for hillsborough during hopkinton but 
it was a come from behind. They were down seven nothing at halftime. Uh, probably got a little fire and brimstone at halftime and came out and poured it on 21 unanswered points. And normally we're talking about Colby Quiet, big rushing game, or or uh, Yanakopoulos, you know, throwing a, a ball. And it, it was it was two blocked punts. Wow. Um, which really kind of turned the tide in that one. You had um, Colby Quiet blocking one of them, and you had um, uh, Thaler Mon blocking the other. And, I mean, those are huge swings in games like that, especially, you know, with the wind being what it is and, and all that. So special teams was the centerpiece of that one for, for HDH, and they're going to Monadnock. Yeah, that will be uh, a tough task. Monadnock, of course, undefeated, 10-0. Yeah. It was really um, the only game they weren't competitive in, HDH. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Monadnock advanced with a 46 nothing win over Summersworth. Yeah. Not too surprising there. And, no. Um, but Monadnock had um, 420 yards rushing in that game, a hundred over 100 each. For um, Tim Hart, Chandler Matson, and Tim Santaw. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you pick your poison in stopping, especially between Hart and Matson. I mean, they're just both big, bruising, straight-ahead guys that that they love that kind and, of football, and, man. And who have been there before? Yeah. I mean, they were in the yeah. championship game a year ago. They were undefeated semifinalists the year before. Uh, I mean, these kids have been through a ton of football games. Yeah. And and that that Monadnock defense held a very good um, Hillsborough during Hopkinton rushing attack to negative two yards in the regular season meeting. I mean, you think about that. We've seen Colby Quiet have 160, 170 yard games, negative two yards as a team for that game. So HDH is going to have to take a look at at that and see if they can generate something. Of course, as I think we've learned, Division Two, II, Division Three rule nothing out. <laughs> you know, as we saw Stevens two years ago go into Monadnock and, yeah, and knock out right. knock them off. Um, I, I mean, talk about the surprise of the year. That was huge. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think maybe the year before or two years before that, you had Campbell go to Bow and knock off undefeated Bow yep. and then go on to win a championship. Yep. Um, you know, and Campbell, of course, the other team in the semifinals, they get to host Stevens. Um, after they beat Laconia 38-18 to yeah. at a game that was played at Manchester Memorial. Yep, again, um, no, no no field yeah. muck to worry about. Win, certainly. And, and sounds like Campbell sort of shook off the inconsistent, you know, last couple few games that they've had. And Keegan Mills was back to his old self with 208 rushing yards, 25 carries, three touchdowns. I mean, that's more the stat you line expect, you expect yeah. from Mills. Yeah. Um, so, again... If if Campbell's sort of had their complacency kicked a little bit and they're they're back to their old form, that could be a tough matchup for. Uh, is it Stevens? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't believe they played in the regular season either, so this will be their first meeting. Yeah. Of the year. Um, real quick, Division Four championship games coming up Saturday. Winnesquam, the number one seed. Is no surprise, in. No yep. surprise there. 40 nothing win over Raymond. Yep. Um, I, I guess you'd call it an upset in the other game. Franklin knocking off Newfound 12-6. Newfound had won that game uh, a few weeks prior in the regular season. So Franklin and Win Winnesquam meeting again. They just met the last game of the regular season two yep. weeks ago. Uh, that is the championship game there. What was the score of the regular season game? Do you remember? Oh, you had to ask me that because I don't have that right in front of me <laughs> at the second. Uh, I, I'm setting you up to not look good on your own yes, show. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, 
<laughs> it's uh, all right. We don't have to. I, would, I it, didn't it know. It was 20 to nothing Winnesquam. Okay, so it was a relatively competitive 20 game. 20 to nothing Winnesquam the week before Franklin had lost to Newfound, 18 to nothing. So no points two games in a row there Yeah. Um, leading into the playoffs. Not, not the blueprint for a, uh, a championship game appearance. No. Um. I don't know. Do you want to pick any winners this week? Who do you think? Who do you think is? Uh, oh man, are we going to see at UNH uh, a week from Saturday? <laughs> You're asking yeah, me, I'll put, huh? I have to say, yeah, all right. Um, I, I mean, I'll, 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 you give me yours, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I will provide who I think is. Uh, uh, I like Pinkerton over Salem uh, for the lone fact that I'm sticking with my original premise, which got shot to heck last week, which is. Hard to beat a team twice, and I think Pinkerton's going to be riding pretty high after that that tough Londonderry game. Um, hopefully, not too much so. And I think on the oh boy, on the other side, if you want to whisper it so that they don't hear you in Merrimack, yeah, I, I, I'll be okay with that. <laughs> I think it's or just kind of mouth it to me. We don't we don't have to put it on the record. I'm I, I'm going to say I think Merrimack needs to have play their best football they played all season. I I think they can do it I, and i mean that i really do I, I think athletically those two teams match up well i, I do too but um, they're gonna have to play a pretty um a pretty perfect game they're, they they cannot have those first quarter woes that they've had the, the last four or five weeks they just can't they can't turn the ball over um so hopefully they 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 shake that out of their system they hold on to the ball and 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 uh and they play better defense than they played in the first matchup. I, I went into that regular season game thinking that Merrimack had a chance to pull off an upset. Really hard to get past what my eyes saw. Right. Um, but I think it'll be a little bit of a closer game, but I think Bedford still wins. And I think I think you're right. I think Pinkerton gets the, has the upper hand yeah. going into this game um, against Salem. Um, but I don't think, I mean, in no way do I think it's going to be you know, a, a cakewalk like no. a, or, you know, a multiple touchdown win like it was last year. No. Um, I think it's one of those ones that Pinkerton maybe gets a, a little bit of a lead early and then just holds them off. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe it comes down to the end and they make another stop. Um, you know, Division Two. I, I guess I'll go first since I threw you in the <laughs> – I, 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 you know, not to – you know, not to, to – I guess take the easy route, but I really think it's going to be a, a St. Thomas Plymouth championship game. I think so too. I mean, my heart likes to think that maybe Sauhegan is playing really well because they are. They're playing really, really good football right now. Um, it, it's just clicked together for them at just the right time. And and we've talked about how they've battled adversity in some of these games all season, but it, it's just never been a good matchup for them. Um, and and Plymouth really gets up for this rivalry, as I'm sure Sauhegan will as well. But uh, Plymouth always seems to bring their best game to Sal, you know, when they play Sauhegan. And um, I don't know, when you, when, you, when you talk about how good they've been this year, I'm not sure that's a matchup that favors Sauhegan. And then I think the same thing on the other side. I think that DeCorn is just a great leader, and he's been a great quarterback all season. This is Alvern's first trip to the playoffs in a long time. First, first playoff win. Right, exactly. And, and, and DeCorn is no yeah. stranger, and neither is St. Thomas as a team, to this environment. So I think you give the edge to st thomas uh and then in division three of course um hillsborough during hopkinton monadnock i i it would be f really fun to see the red hawks get into the final in their first try um i think this monadnock team is just too good it's too, a tall order deep. yeah i mean it was it was an incredible story that that they they got to the playoffs 
and that they they came back and won that game. So it's hard to just write them off and say, oh yeah, Mananok's going to kill them. But uh, but Mananok is so good, and you have to go to their place. That's that's a heck of a ride to begin right. with. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, again, when you look at the results of that first game, uh, Hillsborough during Hopkinson is going to have to do something different. Um, and I don't mean you like. You know, scrap everything. Uh, although out, Justin Huff did that, that this weekend. Five, five wide in the shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but I think that they'd have to do something special um, to get past Manadnock. Although, to your point, it was done a couple of years ago and shocked everybody. Yeah. So, uh, And I think in the other game, I mean, if, if we were talking about Campbell at Trinity this week, I think I'd have to give Trinity a slight edge. We're not – it's – Stevens at yeah. Campbell. I think Campbell wins this one. I think so too. Yeah, and yeah. where we get another Manadnock Campbell uh, D three championship game. Yeah, which could be fun. I mean, they, I I do I really think those are the two best teams in that division. So, you know, they're, they're That's both often what you want to see in a yeah. championship game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mike, thanks again for uh, for joining me and talking football. Yeah, is it Saturday yet? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm ready. <laughs> Oh uh, well, hopefully it won't. Uh, it's it's not like waiting for Christmas here, and we'll we'll be able to get in all the games this weekend, and and uh, everything goes off uh, without a hitch. Yeah, for the players too. Yeah, yeah. But thanks again for joining me. Yep. Uh, he's Mike Lockman. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh Thanks for joining us.